You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We continue our conversation about the changing climate, but we want to shift focus now to look at air pollution specifically. It's a problem that kills 7 million people every year, including more than 100,000 Americans. Although the air in this country is much cleaner than it once was, still doing very real damage to the health of everyone who lives here, and especially to those who live in areas like southwest Detroit, where air pollution is a concentrated problem. Here to talk about the issue, which is comprehensively explored in her new book, is environmental journalist and author Beth Gardner. Her book is called Choked, Life and Breath in the Air of Air in the Era of Air Pollution. Uh, Beth Gardner, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah. So uh, give us a global picture of some of the biggest problems with air pollution around the world. Yeah. So as you said, this is something that's killing 7 million people every year around the world. And when I first saw that statistic a few years back, it, it really shocked me because it's not something that we can sort of look around um, you know, ourselves in the world and very easily see and perceive. And I think that that, that that sort of notion of invisibility is a really important one when it comes to this issue. So, you know, the science tells us very strongly that dirty air is causing, you know, early death. It's causing a really wide and, to me, very shocking range of health problems. I think we're all pretty ready to, you know, accept and believe that dirty air can be triggering asthma attacks and other kinds of breathing, breathing problems. But it's actually so much broader than that, too. It goes so much further in terms of its effects on our bodies. Air pollution is, is now linked by the science to everything from heart attacks and strokes to dementia and premature birth and a, a range of cancers. And really, the list just goes on and on. So it was, it was that science that really sort of was what I came to first and that, that kind of opened my eyes enough to make me want to look around further and follow this story around the world, which is what I did for the book. And and here in the United States, we used to have really awful uh, air quality. We have better air quality now. We have better standards now. But in some places, like here in southeast Michigan, in southwest Detroit, it's still pretty bad. Talk about what the picture looks like on a domestic level. Yeah, so so the U.S. has actually been one of the, the important stories of of progress and success around the world. This is sort of going back historically since 1970 when the the landmark Clean Air Act was passed actually on a bipartisan basis, which is hard to believe nowadays. Um, And it's it's moved us forward so dramatically. The, The studies and the evidence tell us that the improvements that the Clean Air Act and the EPA's enforcement of it have brought have saved literally millions of Americans' lives and trillions of dollars in the past 50 years. And the benefits in terms of health and productivity and lives saved have literally been dozens of times the cost. Um, However, having said that, there is still a long way to go. And as we have moved forward in terms of our progress, the science has also been moving forward, and it's been telling us that even levels that are much lower than those that previously would have been seen and would have been thought to do damage are still really causing <clears throat> significant harm. And as you suggested <clears throat> excuse me, in your question, this is not sort of an, an equal opportunity menace. Yes, air pollution does uh, you know, 
harm and and even kill everyone who breathes it. But it does, the way I framed it in the book is that it sort of hurts some people more than others. So this is a danger that's kind of tracking all of the fractures that exist in our society right now, by which I mean that it is disproportionately impacting poorer people and particularly people of color um, because of, you know, where um, polluting facilities or polluting highways are cited in terms of people's housing. And the exposures tend to be much, much greater hmm. for, you know, these heavily impacted communities. Right. So so this is not a terribly hopeful time for our environmental agencies or the infrastructure that we have built up over a long time to deal with air pollution. Um, how do we remain optimistic or get to a space again where we're demanding stricter standards uh, than, than what we're seeing now? Yeah, so obviously we're seeing these really aggressive rollbacks now in Washington under the Trump administration, um, you know, including of, of all these regulations under the Clean Air Act that have delivered this progress over many years that we've been talking about. Um, you know, you ask about sort of optimism versus pessimism. And it's funny, there was one review of the book where the reviewer said that he couldn't tell if the writer, me, was optimistic, pessimistic, or just realistic. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty fair assessment. And it kind of depends on the day because there are, you know, there are good things happening out there. But I, I think what does give me hope is that, um, you know, when it comes to air pollution, this is really, it's not an impossible problem. This is really something that we can fix. We have the ability to fix it. We have fixed it. And what, what we know about the air is that even incremental improvements, even small steps forward, really very literally translate into lives saved and health improved. So, you know, everything that we can do matters. And that's why this sort of slow, steady march of regulation under the Clean Air Act over the past 50 years has, you know, really made such an important difference in, in across the country in improving people's lives and health. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that knowing that, that that's possible and that's doable is something that's really important to keep in mind. Okay, Beth Gardner, environmental journalist and author of Choked, Life and Breath in the Age of Air Pollution. It was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. All right, tomorrow we're going to talk about recent ice raids and deportations, including one that resulted in the death of a Michigan man in Iraq. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.